Welcome to the Heart to Kill podcast, the official podcast of the Heart to Kill program, the world's leading program for driven individuals looking to gain direction and momentum, where we aim to break down the complex, multifaceted and holistic factors of human performance and optimization. Both on the program and on this podcast, we will be discussing and excavating everything pertaining to psychological resilience, physical robustness, and leading by example with discipline and tenacity to create a culture of winning, especially in the turbulent, frenetic, and high tempo world of the ambitious individual. This is Mark, the creator, senior DS, and head coach of the Heart of Kill program. Let's get stuck straight into it. So, in today's episode, what I wanted to discuss was the concept of constraint based thinking. Okay, now, constraint based thinking is, I guess, a model of thought that I believe to be exponentially powerful when it comes to creating strategic vision to bring it together abstract thought and creating mental models that ultimately we can then turn into plans and we can utilize to iterate infinitely successful ways of being okay so i'll start by adding a little bit of context right why are we even talking about this in the first place for the last couple of decades arguably even generations we've been in what's referred to as the information age okay and that has now led us to a point where there is an overwhelming overbearing stifling level of information and i would hazard a guess that if you are watching or listening to this that you are you are no you, you are no fucking stranger to that there is an overwhelming amount of information on anything you care to to look at anything you care to, to search for whether that's physical preparation whether that's mental resilience there's anyone over a ten of thousands of different coaches on social media platforms you know if you were just banging the word fat loss diet into google you're probably going to get somewhere in the region of 75 million hits in less than a second so i think it's safe to say that there is no shortage of information that is going to be exacerbated and that is going to get exponentially worse with now the utilization of ai artificial intelligence if you have the belief that that's not going to be leveraged to financial gain at the cost of the consumer then unfortunately you're either willfully ignorant or a little bit naive because i'm already aware of its use i'm already aware of people and organizations and companies that are leveraging some of the very low cost readily available ai platforms to actually make it look like they know what they're talking about to create written copy and content and basically just pump out more information so what's going to separate the confused individual with the peak performer in 2023 and beyond is not the propensity to look through information it is actually the ability to think, to generate one's own thought, to analyze, to interpret, and then to execute ruthlessly and violently on the thought processes you've been able to use. So less of our time, less of our resources, less of our energy needs to be allocated on acquisition of information, which becomes a source of procrastination unto itself. And it actually needs to be look, look, looking at, well, how do we think? Not what to think. There's a clearly defined difference here. It's not about what to think, it's about how to think. So one of the uh, the principles, one of many different principles and strategies that we use inside the Hard to Kill program is what we refer to as constraint-based thinking. So this is going to be immensely powerful for you when it comes to creating thoughts about what it is you aspire to achieve and how you're going to actualize that and how you can get better and how you can glean more output from less time and so many of the things pertaining to high performance, be it productivity, be it overcoming challenges, so on and so forth. So we're going to run through it today, right? Understand with any new thought process, it's going to be frictitious. There's going to be a little bit of frustration at first, but if you've listened to prior podcasts, you'll know that frustration is actually a positive thing. It essentially means that your unconscious mind is working away at a solution and it's very, very close to breakthrough 
through. That you've identified there is a skill, there is an attribute that you're willing to demonstrate and you aspire to have for yourself. And you're bringing together various bits of information to, to make that, that shift into a new identity, into a new ability to think. So expect some frustration with this. Expect you're going to have to repeat it, but definitely stick with it. Once you've kind of used it once or twice, I'm not going to have to say to you, definitely stick with it because you're going to firsthand realize its power. You're going to want to fucking tell everyone about it. You're going to want to tell me about it. You're going to want to tell your friends, your colleagues, everybody, because it is immeasurably powerful and it's going to cut to the front of the line of all these people who are just mindlessly fucking consuming content and uh, who are mentally masturbating by reading this book or listening to the latest podcast because you're actually going to be able to think for yourself. And as a result, the most powerful supercomputer on earth, the human unconscious mind is going to be able to bring together pieces of information in, in what we call convergent thinking to create mental models and, and to create abstract thought and principles that allow you to create and iterate creative solutions to the problems that you're facing. Not the problem, not reading about other people's problems that you're not experiencing in books you don't need to be reading. You're going to be able to iterate creative solutions to what you're dealing with and what you're struggling with right now. So let's start with the issue, I guess. It's not that most people can't think, it's literally that we're never taught how. When you go to school, when you go to secondary school, university, no matter how high you, you kind of ascend, you're always taught like what to think, basically. You know, this is how you do math. This is how you do uh, English language, unless you're in America, in which case you totally fucking ruin it. But you're generally taught like how to like how to, to speak or, or what to think and, and, and so on and so forth. So when you get to the point in your life whereby you're now left to your own devices, you don't really have the repertoire. You haven't really built the arsenal and the mental skills to facilitate excellence here. So that's essentially the gap that we're plugging because what we know to be true after speaking with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of high performers over the years is that typically they'll sit down with a blank journal, not too dissimilar to one I've got in front of me now or a blank screen and they'll write at the top a title about goals or things I want to achieve, things of that nature and, and talk about how they're going to facilitate it and how they're going to do it. And it becomes overwhelming. It becomes so fear inducing. There's so much self-applied pressure because you want to get it right, you want to get it perfect. And there's so many potential opportunities that it quite literally becomes overwhelming. Now, let's say you set the goal of, okay, I want to lose five pounds of body fat. Very easily accessible analogy for me to grab out of thin air there. Might be applicable to you, might not be. We'll talk about others in a moment. Let's say you want to lose five pounds of body fat, okay? There's no constraints to that. When, how, what are the, the situational considerations? What are the potential goal constraints? Like what are the conflicts we have here? What's the level and degree of goal importance? It's just a statement of intent. And until tested, that's all it will ever be is a statement of intent. It's wishy-washy. It means fucking nothing. Let's use another analogy. Let's let's pretend that someone's a business owner, okay? And they're running a business and they're like, okay, next year I'm going to turn over 500,000 pounds, okay? How? What are the constraints on that? What are you going to do? Like, are you just going to work 100 hours a week? Is that your plan? Is that the goal intent? Okay, okay I'm going to work as much as necessary to create that. There needs to be constraints, you know, because how are you going to market yourself? How are you going to improve like your sales ability? Are you going to hire a team? Are you going to delegate? There needs to be a degree of constraint. Now, a societally held belief is that constraints are not conducive to creative thinking. But actually, what we now know to be true based on the study of neuroscience is constraints act as kind of anchor points for our unconscious mind. So it can grab that, that piece of abstract information and it can bring it together with another. And then your unconscious mind is going to work away and create solutions based off that. So let's take the analogy of the individual who wanted to earn £500,000 over the course of a year. Let's now begin adding constraints. Because if you're of that type of person, you're probably already working too much. You're probably already facing burnout or have dealt with it multiple times. Probably find it difficult to spin all the plates and, and manage your physical well-being, spend enough time with your family, have a social life and spend it with friends, manage your nutrition, all these kind of things. You've probably got all these plates spinning. So if you then suggest you're going to do more, that doesn't really make any sense. That that goal, that, that, that strategic plan, if you could even call it that, is failed from the fucking outset. So let's begin to apply constraints. So what do we mean by constraints? Well, it could be a constraint on the time. It could be a constraint on there's another situation or consideration. It's basically something that we have to work within as a parameter that allows us to then to think um, more creatively 
creatively to bring together different data points and like I said, abstract thoughts. Now understand that your unconscious mind is, is literally, and I've used this once before in this podcast, it is literally the most powerful supercomputer in existence. Okay, take any AI can get fucked, any computer system, any spacecraft can get fucked. Your The ability of your unconscious mind to bring together all this stuff and the way in which it does it is exponentially powerful, but just most people aren't using it because we're consuming information and when we're not consuming information to procrastinate, we're doing other shit to distract ourselves. We're over-consuming alcohol, we're purchase buying, um, you know, we're fucking spending time in relationships with people that don't serve us, we're consuming media, podcast, music, whatever, okay? So the goal is to create a model of thinking that takes our, our the frontal part of our brain offline temporarily, and there is a name for that, it's not important that you know it, but there is a name for that, it takes offline and basically hands it over to the unconscious mind to bring together these really powerful um, creative uh, abilities. So let's begin adding constraints to that. So yeah, let's pretend this guy wants to earn 500k in a year, but he also wants to improve his physical well-being. He also wants to provide for his family and spend more time with them. He also wants to have some kind of social life, right? And he would like to learn a little bit more as well. So now let's begin adding that into a constraint-based question. And it's all about engineering good questions. You might have heard the adage before that ask good questions and essentially you'll lead a better life. And I sincerely believe that to be true. So how we can now begin adding constraints to this is not, okay, I want to turn over 500k next year. It's how can I turn over that amount whilst working no more than 50 hours per week? ensuring I spend two hours per day with my family and prioritize my mental health. So now we've got constraints between that because it makes you think within the constraints, within the parameters of that. So, okay, we want to turn over 500K, but we're only got, we've only got 50 hours a week to do it. That's it, that's all we've got. So what am I currently doing? What is that human currently doing that is not necessary? What could be delegated? What could be delegated? What could be automated? Where could we use systems leverage? So where could we invest in and utilize some technology? even down to like how we live on a daily basis. So is this individual still doing his own grocery shopping? Could we utilize a technological software that is available to make sure that's automated? Is he still cleaning his home out of a sense of false pride? And could we actually clean, like hire a cleaner? Could we hire a gardener? All of these different things that mean, okay, we spend less time doing stuff we don't value doing in an effort to spend you know, our, our time intentionally. So this is the level of, of, of thought that's going to come out as a result of the constraints. If you want to spend you know, those couple of hours with the family, okay, cool. So when when are the family most available in terms of have you got to put kids to bed? Like, does your wife have a job and a career as well? So what time of day does that need to be? And how can you make sure you're not working there? So let's pretend you've got some work and some operations in New York. Can you then put somebody in place who is delegated like a certain amount of responsibilities and could deal with that and then debrief to you the next day, so on and so forth. So I'm going off on a tangent here about the business side of things, but let's also look at like your physical health and well-being. Let's pretend that an individual um, is working a nine to five job, very much enjoying it, enjoying the response Responsibilities they've been they've been given it like great from a resource acquisition perspective that they're generally happy but they want to now improve their health and well-being they want to run a marathon and that's a very very common goal for a lot of people at the moment is they want to run a marathon okay well let's start applying some constraints when are you going to run it like what time do you aspire to run it in how much time are you prepared to allocate or sacrifice in order to facilitate that what nutritional interventions are you going to make where's the level of, of uh, engagement that you're happy with if it's your first marathon the chances of you running it in like three hours are pretty slim so let's be realistic with this like realistic optimism is actually one of the core contributors to resilience. They've been an ability to really say, okay, that's what I believe I'm possible in. It's going to be hard, but I, I believe that's possible. And that's what I'm going to go for. Let's say it's your first marathon. I'm going to run a marathon in four hours 30. How can I run a marathon in four hours 30 without my work performance suffering, without sacrificing my social life on a weekend? So let's pretend Saturday is for the boys. And we all know Saturday is for the fucking boys. That's just the rule. But let's pretend that you want to continue going to the footy with the lads. Doesn't mean you're going to get shit faced, but you just want to spend time with the lads because it's a very, very good opportunity for you to decompress, unwind, emote, relate, do all of the things associated with peak performance when it comes to 
you know, having a network. So now let's look at how can I continue to perform really well at work and get that promotion whilst also preparing to run a sub four and a half hour marathon and not sacrifice my Saturdays. Okay, brilliant. Now we've got, again, parameters within which we can operate. So if you're not prepared to sacrifice Saturdays, because it's something that's very important to you there, let's now address back and say, well, what is the amount of running volume you need to do per week? Let's say you need to do three, maybe four sessions per week. Ideally, for most people, Saturday lends itself as a very obvious solution to do your long run. Saturday is now off the card. So now we're going to do that on a Sunday, which means now we've got a reason to not drink too much on a Saturday because we've got a long run on a Sunday, which means Monday will now be a recovery day because you've done your long run on a Saturday. So we're able to be more focused at work. So then we're going to look at running Tuesday, Thursday. We're able to start fleshing out the plan from that high, hard, audacious goal. We're now able to apply constraints to our thinking. We can reverse engineer and then start asking good questions off the back of that to begin to understand, well, what are the, the sequential steps that need taken to actualize that to success? So that in a nutshell is constraint-based thinking. And that's it in very, very easily accessible terms of, okay, I want to set a goal, but you can quite literally use this on, on a fucking daily basis. So let's say if there's something that you do every single day that's that's frustrating to you, that doesn't feel like it's contributing to the long-term goal, simply being able to ask and engineer better questions there using constraints is going to improve how quickly you can, you can overcome that. You can create solutions to it. So let's pretend there's a process that you have to do every day that's quite manual. You can quite literally ask yourself, well, if I, if I literally had a gun to my head and I could never do the system ever again, how would I create a way right now that means I never have to do it ever again? And then would it mean looking at systems? So maybe looking at an automation like Zapier is, an, is immeasurably powerful. If it's, you know, doing your grocery shopping, for example, I know so many people who nip to Tesco Express or co-op or any one of a number of different things to grab food every lunchtime for a meal deal. Well, how much time, energy, cognitive load, money are you wasting doing that? So let's pretend I was never allowed to do that again. Okay, well, I'd have to do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. And all of a sudden you liberated accumulatively across a week, maybe three to four hours. You probably save yourself the region of 40 to 50 quid. You now don't have to worry when it gets to like half 11 every day that fuck, I need to nip out to the co-op, so on and so forth. So how much resource have you actually saved that can be either just spent on you or redirected by applying constraint-based thinking there? You're able to leverage your time because you're thinking to a higher extent. So that in a nutshell is constraint-based thinking. And with everything that I'm discussing, I don't want this to be needless and aimless consumption of information. As we've spoken about today, This is, we live now in a thought-based economy. So I'd really love to hear from you. How are you implementing this? What are you going to do to execute on this? And again, you can use constraint-based thinking here. So using the podcast I've just listened to of Mark, I would like to apply constraint-based thinking to this. How am I going to achieve this to this? And I would love to hear your feedback on that. And I hope that it's been as powerful for you as it was for me and for many of the clients in the Hard to Kill program. Uh -huh.